Welcome to Indicator Cast. Um, we are now on episode 47. Uh, and there is a bit of a theme, so we have some special guests on, but we will get to that in a minute. So uh, starting off roundtable, we have our regulars. Uh, Ryan Kendall, how are you doing? Good, sir. I am doing very well, thank you. Just chilling now. How are you going? And uh, also joined here is uh, our regular Tony Meek. How are you doing, Tony? Doing well, thank you, John. Um, thank you for having me back on the show. Uh, and also joining us, and guests, there will be someone else joining us later on, but we have uh, Bede, a.k.a. the Terrible Aussie from the Super Network, who runs a number of podcasts, um, Away from Night Living Dead to Ozploitation. Uh, Bede, how are you doing uh, this I'm evening? Good. good, sir. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, guys. It's nice to be back on the show. It has been a while since I've been on the Indicator cast, so... It's very nice to come back on this show and talk about these two particular releases that are coming up, mainly because they had something to do with uh, one of the podcasts that I'm doing. So, <laughs> Exactly. As you know, on the show, we always look for experts in the field. So, uh, yes, we thought um, uh, yourself and the other guests that will be coming on will leave a surprise. will be good to sort of fit the role. So thank you for coming on, Bede. Do appreciate it, as always. Uh, Oh, definitely, definitely. I'm always happy to come on, guys, if you ask me to. So, <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, we have uh, two upcoming titles, sorry, for February and uh, from Indicator. And uh, we have a theme here of two Aussie films, two Ausploitation films. So we have um, the first title is Patrick. And uh, I'm just going to read through the extras just very quickly. So um, everyone knows what's in the set. Um, but there will be a 4K and also a Blu-ray, as they normally do. So Patrick is a 1978 film uh, by Richard. Uh, so, uh, just for the description, from director Richard Franklin, Road Games, comes Patrick, a terrifying fusion of science fiction, Hitchcockian thriller, starring Suzanne uh, Penhelligan, uh, House of Mortal Sins, Robert Helpman, The Red Shoes, and Robert Thompson, Thompson first. Murderer Patrick Thompson is kept in a... Uh, comatose state between life and death under the watchful eye of the eccentric Dr. Rogert um, Helpman. Uh, when he is assigned a caring new nurse, Kathy, he is possessive and uses telekinetic powers to torment them. Anyone who comes between them, produced by Anthony I. Ginnan, uh, Snapshot, written by Everett D. Roach, Harlequin, and scored by Brian May, Mad Max, Patrick's unprecedented international success made it a landmark of the Australian New Wave. So, in the set, we have uh, a uh, limited edition 4K, brand new 4K HDR restoration from the original negative by Powerhouse Films. Uh, we also have included a um, its 4K 2160 UHD presentation with Dolby Vision, uh, HDR10 compatible. Three presentations of the film, the original Australian theatrical version, the shortened US version cut with the American and the Italian theatrical version featuring an alternative score by Italian prog legends Goblin and presented with English subtitles for the first time. Original mono audio, uh, audio commentary with director Richard Franklin and the screenwriter Everett D. Roach. 2002 onset interview with Richard Franklin and behind the scenes interview with Patrick director conducted by the Australian film critic Ivan Hutchinson interview with Richard Franklin 2001 previously unseen interview with the director discusses Patrick 
a coffee break with Anthony I, Anthony I, um, Ginan, 2009, renowned genre film producer revisits Patrick. We also have not quite Hollywood interview experts, uh, excerpts from 2008, extensive selection of outtakes from Mark Hartley's acclaimed documentary featuring Franklin, DeRoach, Ganan, and Susan Sullivan and Rod Mulliner. Uh, Stephen Morgan on Patrick, an appreciation by the academic and Australian cinema specialist, original Australian theatrical trailer, original US uh, theatrical trailer, TV spots, image galleries, promotional public publicity materials and behind the scenes. We also have new and improved English subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing, newly translated subtitles for the Italian soundtrack and a limited edition exclusive 80 page book with a new essay by Alan Muller, exclusive extracts from Richard, uh, sorry, director Richard Franklin's and producers Anthony I. Ginan's unpublished memoirs, archival interviews with um, uh, with, uh, sorry, screenwriter Everett de Roche and special effects supervisor Conrad Rothman and full film credits, limited edition of 10,000 individually numbered 6,000 UK HDs and 4,000 Blu-rays for the US and UK. All right, so that was um, So uh, I presume everyone knows Patrick, I'm guessing. See, oh, oh yes. About. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yes, yes. Yes, so uh, we as Aussies uh, are aware of this. It's a bit of a, a genre uh, classic. Um, going around table, Tony, I, I know you like this film, but you were quite surprised by the amount of cuts on this release. Very, very surprised. I love this movie, as you know. And um, But when we were discussing on our last episode that we discussed with John and John Zan, I was very shocked to see that there were three presentations. I only thought, I've always thought there was only one US, I mean, one Australian cut. But I didn't realize there was a theatrical, a US cut that was shortened with American dubbing and even better, an Italian version with Goblin soundtrack. That really surprised me. And I'm really looking forward to it. But with but Patrick, it's a horror classic. You can't go wrong with it. And, you know, Richard Franklin, come on, Road Games, it's and Psycho too, fantastic. And I can't wait to get this release when it comes out. Absolutely, and and I and that's why Patrick was a big hit in Italy. That's why there was the sequel, um, Patrick mm. Still Lives, which uh, I think Bede may know a little bit about the uh, the sequel. <laughs> oh yeah, well I had the sequel behind me somewhere. I've got it behind me too. <laughs> oh yeah, I could see it right here because I could see my Severin. Uh, section on my uh, shelf behind me. So, yeah, it's funny though. I, I always knew of Patrick. Patrick lives. Oh, still lives, I should say. Uh, is it? Uh, yes, Patrick still lives. I'm just looking back behind me right now. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I got the movie mainly because they did show clips of it in the documentary, Not Quite Hollywood. And I was very curious to check it out. And I haven't watched it yet, but oh, I have God. heard it is insane and quite a ride of a film. Oh, you will love it. I'm telling you that right oh, now. It's nuts. Absolutely crazy. It's it's off the off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to checking it out finally. We'll have to do it soon. Yes. But yeah, I, I presume you're a fan of the original bead? 
Oh, obviously. obviously, yeah. I mean, Patrick is one of the earliest ox. Os- sorry, I'll say again. Uh, is one of the earliest exploitation films I did see. So, uh, especially because after when Not Quite Hollywood came out, and I wanted to get my hands on everything exploitation, that was one of the first films that I saw. And it is such mm. a great film in terms of having this unique kind of plot within its story. And what's interesting, though, as well as the time when this film came out, because this is the post kind of Kerry movement where most a lot of horror films around this time were kind of diving into characters with psychic abilities as well. And most of them, yeah, kind of just kind of approach the stories there in a very similar way. But but I think what makes Patrick interesting is having it had this kind of stalker element while also uh, having the, our main character basically confined to a bed throughout all of it and in a coma. Absolutely. And, and the mystery unfolds is very, um, uh, like they say, Hitchcock style. And, and it, it's a generally good, like suspenseful film as well. Mm. Oh, definitely. Definitely. All right. So Kendall, are you there? I am here. Hello. Excellent. Hello. So, uh, yes. So, um, what do you think of Patrick? I know that you're, um, it's one that you're, uh, you don't mind, shall we say, uh, what do you think of Patrick? Yeah, no, it was a bit of fun. It's a very intriguing concept. Um, it's, you can understand why Quentin Tarantino has a bit of an affection for it. Cause it's just really weird that his eyes are always like real bug eyed and opened as well during his whole like comatose state and he just spits as well and i always remember that sort of like um it's somewhat of an interrogation scene where the main actress is just like spit twice for a yes and don't spit for a no kind of thing and so this patrick's got he just does that little spits um intriguing concept is really fun and enjoyable i do I, I, it, when I watch this film from Indicator's release, I will watch the Italian version just so I can get some goblin in me. I think that's probably one of the most exciting extras to finally have that goblin cut. So mm. we, uh, I think in Australia, we got, I'm guessing, the theatrical Aussie version, which is the longer one. I think that's the one we, we've always had down here in Australia. No doubt. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure about the... Um how long the Italian cut goes for. Mm. Unsure. But I might have seen the 93-minute theatrical version, possibly. I mean, I watched it on um, Umbrella's DVD like a few years ago, so that might be the 93-minute version, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think that was the main one, yeah, that we're used to, that version. But, yeah, once again, indicated just going the extra mile with finding every cut possible, so... Yeah, that's uh, it's got me intrigued. Uh, mm. Definitely, one ups the other sets that have been released. Um, and uh, yes, and joining uh, is uh, Marcy from the Super Network and many many podcasts. Uh, Marcy, are you there? Hello. Hello. Sorry, I was uh, late showing up. No, no, not at all. Please, it's just reading extras, so didn't miss much at all. So uh, you've come at the perfect uh, time. So. Uh, we were just talking about Patrick now. Obviously, um, yourself and Bede uh, do a Ausploitation podcast. So we just thought um, we'll get into Ausploitation later. But just for now, Patrick, um, 
what do you think of Patrick? Uh, your thoughts on uh, just briefly on on this uh, Aussie Aussie yeah. classic? Yeah, I mean, it is an Aussie classic. It is an Ausploitation classic. There's certainly something about Patrick and something about the way that Richard Franklin just made films. And I think Patrick is one of the ones that stands out a lot more than others because it is so different. And you have the main character who doesn't say anything. He's just in his bed, really bug-eyed and spitting and it's not what you'd expect so it's definitely one that I really enjoy and uh, yeah it's always exciting to have uh, new versions become available of a film that you've seen many times so kudos to Indicator for uh, doing this release. Yep yeah absolutely it's a uh... Yeah, just a generally a, a good film. I think a good introduction for exploitation, maybe mm. one of the big hitters that people can get into. It's quite accessible as a film as well. So um, yeah, definitely a yeah a, a good starting point. And yeah, once again, th- this release kind of tops it. So um, yeah, personally, I, I love Patrick. Always have. Um, you know, I saw it many years ago. I think the Umbrella DVD was the first release many many moons ago. That's when I first saw it. So I immediately um, yeah fell in love with it and uh yeah this this set looks looks fantastic so so many extras so many um and obviously the book as well 80 page book so they'll be interesting to have a bit of a read on it a bit further so yeah it looks like a a great set um cool and and the next film um is snapshot um aka the day after halloween i think it was called in the u.s mm. uh tony uh can you tell us a little bit about this set certainly um Snapshot, directed by Simon Windsor, that was released in 1979. Chantel Contreri from Thirst, Robert Browning from Ned Kelly, and Sigrid Thornton from Prisoner Cell Block H star in Snapshot, a tense Australian thriller that marked the feature debut of director Simon Windsor, who directed Harlequin and Free Willy. When naive hairdresser Angela, played by Thornton, is persuaded by her model friend Madeline, played by Conturi, to, gla- to try glamour modelling, she dreams of escaping her humdrum life and the clutches of her overprotective mother. Instead, she is thrust into a decadent world of jealousy, exploitation and death. Produced by Anthony A. I. Guinane, from who produced Patrick, and co-written by Everett DeRoche, who wrote Road Games as well as Patrick, and scored by Brian May, who did Mad Max. And, of course, it's not the Brian May that we all know from a specific British rock band. Snapshot, Snapshot released internationally under the titles One More Minute and The Day After Halloween is a classic of Ausploitation cinema. These, fe- this, these features are I'm reading through now are for the 4K UHD release. Brand new 4K HDR restoration from the original negative by Powerhouse Films. On the 4K, it's a 2160p UHD presentation in Dolby Vision and HDR10 compatible. Two presentations of the film, the 93-minute theatrical version in 4K Dolby Vision and the extended 101-minute director's cut from Best Surviving Materials. Original mono audio, audio commentary on the theatrical version with Ghanaian, director Simon Windsor, cinematographer Vincent Monton, and actor Sigrid Thornton, moderated by Mark Hartley from 2017. 
an audio commentary on the director's cut with producer Anthony Iginane and film critic and archivist Jamie Leonardo in 2018. An audio commentary on the director's cut with Ginane and horror hostess Katerina Lee Waters from 2012. Producing Snapshot from 2017, Ginane revisits the film's shoot. Not quite Hollywood interview excerpts from 2008. Extensive selection of outtakes from Mark Hartley's acclaimed documentary on Australian cinema, featuring Thornton, Ginane, Winsor, Monton, writer Everett DeRoche, assistant director Tom Burstall, and actor Linda Stoner. Archival audio interview with Simon Winsor from 1979. Archival audio interview with stuntman Grant Page. Stephen Morgan on Snapshot from 2023. Appreciation by the academic and Australian cinema specialist. Alternative, the day after Halloween opening titles. Original theatrical trailer, TV spots, image gallery, promotional and publicity materials and behind the scenes. New and improved English subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing. A limited edition exclusive 80-page book with a new essay by Ian Barr an exclusive extract from producer Anthony Iginane's unpublished memoirs, archival interviews with director Simon Winsor, screenwriter Everett DeRoche, and composer Brian May, and film full film credits. World premiere on 4K UHD. Limited edition of 10,000 individually numbered units, 6,000 4K UHDs, and 4,000 Blu-rays for the UK and the US. All extras are subject to change. Wow, this 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 release has a lot of extras. But the thing I'm looking forward to most of all is the direct the extended director's cut on 4K. In Australia, Umbrella have released Snapshot just a short time ago, and they have released the um, the 100 minute original edit, but as a VHS from a VHS source. So no doubt, this would definitely be a higher quality release. But yeah, Snapshot's probably one of my favourite exploitation films. I've always loved this movie. I mind, mind you, though, I've seen it quite late, and I have really enjoyed it. I just I love Sigrid Thornton. I love, um, of course, Hugh Keyes Byrne, who was the kinky photographer. And yeah, I can't say much more. This film is just amazing. Um, Bede, what do you think of Snapshot? Yeah, Snapshot's a really, really good film. Like, I think the first time I watched it, I was kind of mixed on it, but when we covered it for uh, our show, the Osboy cast, uh, I I just really enjoyed it even more so on that second watch. It's like, it's a really compelling thriller, and Sigrid Forden is terrific in it, and also it's uh, maybe terrified of uh, Mr. Whippy Vans as well, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we couldn't look at Mr. Vippy Vans the same way again <laughs> after that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marcy, how about you? Yeah, um, the first and uh, only time I've seen Snapshot was for the Osploit cast. So I had only heard about it through the Not Quite Hollywood documentary because there is quite a little bit on the film during that. So... Yeah, it wasn't until we hit it for the Osplay cast. And yeah, um, to... <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, to go on what Bede said, yeah, it's a really interesting 
um, and sort of different kind of thriller-esque film. And I think, yeah, the performances are really, really good. I think Josie Gordon Thornton is a really good lead. And it's, uh, it's a, again, it's something a little bit different, but it's it's very well made. And, yeah, this release sounds really interesting, and I am intrigued to see this director's cut as well. Yeah. I know. I, I, mind you, I've got the Umbrella Blu-ray, and I haven't seen the director's cut yet, so I'm looking forward. But I'm going to wait for this Patrick, for the, I mean, sorry, for this 4K release, because this is going to be something special. Uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts on Patrick? Um, keep on saying Patrick, sorry. What are your thoughts on Snapshot? <laughs> Snapshot. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen Snapshot, to be honest. Um, I, I you, you bring up Mr. Whippy, and, like, that kind of rings a bell, but... um. I guess the main, one of the big main attractions of this film for me and most people is the ending when, like, she's stuck in that room where it's, like, got all the Polaroids all around it on the room and it's just up in flames. And she was, like, basically in there for real. There's no special effects. It's all practical effects and it's just fucking real intense moment there. And um, I have seen good old Sigrid Thornton in the flesh. She's a cute little woman. She's fantastic. Saw at Monster Fest last year, so she's a doll. But um, yes, snapshot. I I will re-watch uh, this film for sure. I am. Um, it as I said, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I might watch. I might watch the extended cut this time around. Yeah. Um. No. I. I yeah. I, I like this film as well. And um. Yes, it's one. I think yeah, Vinegar Syndrome put out a. A blu-ray many years ago that's when i mm. think when i first saw it to be honest that was the first kind of time i was exposed to it and uh yeah same um yeah same as you be and it was it was a film that i kind of it grew on me a bit this film um originally i was like a bit meh but then i went back and rewatched it and i started to appreciate it more and more especially about the whole fashion industry and the photographers and uh it, it's a bit of a mystery and leads up to that amazing ending as well so yeah, really solid, solid film and um, shot from memory. I think on in Melbourne. I think the streets of Melbourne. This film was shot from memory. Uh, yes, I believe it was. Yeah. Yes, I think so. The suburbs of Melbourne. Um, but yeah, really, once again, a, another really good introduction to the genre. Um, and once again, I, I do have the old Vinegar Syndrome, but this just blows it out of the water because you get both cuts and uh, it's 4K and obviously there's. Um, yeah, a whole bunch of really cool features. So, yeah, one I look forward to revisiting. Same as you, Kendall. It's been a while, maybe a couple of years since I, I've seen mm-hmm. it. So look forward to a nice revisit in 4K. So this would be a, a nice nice way to get back into it as well. I think I saw, watched it on, like, a DVD, and I don't think it, the DVD was through Umbrella. I think it was just some, like, cheap fucking, like, force video or something. It's funny because some 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 of them use that day after Halloween title and the poster like looks nothing like this film. It looks like a slasher film or something. On the, <laughs> I on know, right? But um, yeah, it's not. It's actually more of a mystery type film that unfolds. So yeah, it's not a not a straight up slasher. But yeah, do not get that expectation with that with that poster. Um, yeah. So look, really great release snapshot. So, um, so before we get on to Osploitation. Uh, Kendall, did you say you had a newsletter of some sort? Uh, yes, the indicator newsletter. Um, so, news to the world. Uh, there are eight new standard editions 
from their big fucking sale that they had not too long ago. Um, so they will be released on the 19th of February. Um, so all the four films from Hammer Volume 6, which is Night Shadows, The Shadow of the Cat, Captain Clegg, and The Phantom of the Opera and Nightmare. Alongside four westerns, uh, The Big Gun Down, A Time for Dying, Buffalo Bill and the Indians, and Geronimo, an American legend. So there's some eight standard editions for y'all. Uh, I guess that doesn't matter because they've been released now, but those um, January, or the releases Mm. scheduled for December got released in January 15th, but I have mine now. Yes, I I do. I think they got them out. I think they got them out a bit early, so yeah, so mm. really expected. So yeah, got them too as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I got mine. I think I got mine just before the end of the new year, actually, which is fun. Um, so the January titles will be released on the 29th of January in the UK and the 30th in the US. Uh, so a few more films for the three for twenty pound sale going on it's a great sale i think people should jump on that you got the pillow book track 29 someone to watch over me the lonely passion of judith hearn badge 373 take a girl like you and town on trial should be fun uh low stock app there you go to the website and they'll get a whole bunch of fun stuff in there and the secret film Mm. uh so actually it's on the thing. It is a Santo. It's another Santo film. I can't actually forgot the bloody actual title of the film, but it's another Santo film. So we might get another Santo double pack, hard box double pack, I'm guessing. Um, or maybe like a box set, possibly. But uh, more Santo is on the way, which will be fun. Um, I know uh, Levolt will be happy with that. Ah. Andrew. Very much so. Very much so. Andrew will be very happy with that. I'm hoping Andrew will be a part of that release too. Some f- special features. Santo is his thing. So, yeah. Mm. If not, Santa. reach out to Andrew. He's the Santo master. Yeah. Santo boy. <laughs> um, so, that is the newsletter there. And... I might just uh, put this question out to all of you folks. What is there any uh, Aussie exploitation films that you want Indicator to release or hope they release soon? Because mm. I've got like a couple in my head that it would be perfect. Because I really think Stone. That's be... what I. That's what I was yeah, going to say. Yeah. yeah, Stone would be perfect. It hasn't had a UK release. <laughs> no. So. Uh, th- thirst would be all right. Yep. Yes. Um, was there turkey shoot? Because you uh, can't have osploitation without turkey shoot. That's a big one. I know, right? Um, next of king would be a lovely. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Yeah, next of king. Mm. Like 4K UHD. That. Fuck yeah. Um. There was another one that I completely forgot. I imagine they did fucking, um, what you call it? What's that shit film? Houseboat Horror. Oh, terrible. (laughs) In 4K from VHS. In 4K. (laughs) I know, right? I'd quit. (laughs) 
Come on. I will buy the first copies of that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, we'll be maybe the only like five people to own it, but I don't care. Mm. Probably. (laughs) And I hope they do Long Weekend. I think those four would be perfect to them. Mm. That's that's a good one. Uh, Is there any would yet would you like to see in the hard box treatment? Ooh. Well, for me, it'll definitely be stone, definitely for sure. Because, but the but the thing I will love to see most of all for stone is the original 130 minute theatrical cut. That's mm. the version I was I'll kill because mm. I because stone is my favorite exploitation film. And man, seeing that original, seeing the full 130 minute theatrical version would be amazing. For sure, for sure. I kind uh, of want to. I kind of want to see the man from Hong Kong get the 4K treatment because I think <laughs> that would look amazing in 4K. Oh, it would. It would. It would. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Um, Marcy, what about you? I I want to see more of the lesser known films kind of get these kind mm. of releases. Uh, like just taking a stab out of uh ones from the 70s because we've seen mm. like literally every single one from the 70s that decade is done and dusted but something <laughs> like um journey among women or last of the Knucklemen films that i think yeah are really underseen but really freaking good um mm. but something like you know more well-known like long weekend is definitely one as b said man from hong kong and you've mentioned stone um, which is another one that's right up there. But, yeah, I think some of the more uh, underknown, underknown, lesser known ones would be interesting, but yeah, I, I would sure. say, yeah, I would say stay away from um, the sexploitation movies because <laughs> no one needs to see that. Oh, yeah. What about, like, an Elven Purple double? Like, we need an Elven Purple double. That could be box. the exception. Or, yes. or the Barry McKenzie double. I, I yes. could deal, I would... The party. See, I don't know because I'd rather have like Alvin Purple 2 with Barry McKenzie 2. I just have the sequel, the sequel box. Yeah, because I think the sequel's actually genuinely better. We can just like add in Howling 3 as like a special feature, special disc. <laughs> They'll be yes. down for that to be released. <laughs> Nah, I get you like the um under under loved seventies one. Like End Play was amazing. I love End that. End Play movie. is fantastic. That's um, a great film. The Storks um, Storks hilarious. Like that's Storks a great movie. Um oh, I was trying to think of one and I can't remember the title. Or Money um, Movers another classic. Money Movers. Money yeah, Money great. Movers, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like Italian crime film, the way it's shot. I think mm. it was more of a TV movie, but the plumber. Um, oh yeah, the plumber. Yes, is really, really good. That was great. That like, oh fuck, I felt the woman's like pain of just wanting the guy to leave. That was early I, Peter Weir. It's good. Actually, it's the you weirdest. Know, um, it's the it's the it'd be the best, but weirdest double feature with like the cable guy. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I would even say like thinking of Peter Weir. Why not do like a 4K box set of Peter Weir's early films along with the plumber and uh the cars at a paris and mm. uh and enough any other like early works of his like compile that into uh a box set that i think that'd be really cool that would be Bef- cool 
pre-hanging rock, I guess, his breakthrough. Pre-hanging yeah. rock, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I see it on the groups a lot. Everyone asks cars that ate Paris. That's a big, big topic, but no one's released it. So, I mean, that's another, that's a big one to go after, definitely. Even if you can't get the others, just cars that ate Paris. Is, I mean, that's, yeah. that's like a really good title that it's really weird there's not, it's not more seen as well. Like, it's not the greatest film ever, but it is well worth watching. And a lot of these films mostly are. Um, again, some of them can remain unseen. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys, I mean, the podcast you do, I mean, you've seen films that haven't even made it to DVD. Like, they're stuck on VHS. I mean, some titles, are, like, even that, that Western one we covered, like, it was impossible to find. The uh, Meat Pie Western. Um, what what was it? I'm on a... Ah, uh, Raw Deal. Raw um, deal, yes. Yeah, just like no disc release. So like they're, they're, yeah, like really obscure. Um, There was one we watched. I'm trying to remember the title. Uh, was it Touch and Go, Marcy? I think it was Touch and Go where the only version we could find of that was what literally a, um, a TV ripped that was recorded from the TV that someone ripped. And the kind of the show how obscure that film is, I think when you and I and Lindsay, who was our guest on that episode, we talked about it. I think we were like the only free people to log that in on Letterboxd. <laughs> it was something weird like that, yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's saying something. The um, But yeah, there's so many. Um, there's, you know, can go on. The other one... Um, once again, indicator. I hope if you're listening, you can take down some notes. They're all great films. Uh, there's a later one, an 80s one. Uh, now, Tony, I don't, don't remember. Tone told us a story about this one to make a killing. You know, that I think it was like 1987. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah, so make a killing is a really 88. Yeah, so um, really interesting film. And uh, it was cut to bits around the world uh, about these. Um, yeah, these thugs that are essentially hooligans that do home invasions. It's a really nasty but um, really interesting film, and uh, it's only been released on like a it's like a tape master the DVD. So that's mm. one I'd love to see get a get a release uh, to make a killing. So if you're listening, indicator that's that's another good one. So yeah, that and um, incident and Ravensgate. Yes, that was a fun one. By uh, what's his name? The uh, Rolf de Heer. Yes, yeah. Rolf de Heer. And then they could just like BMX bandits as well. That'd be fucking sick. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll, we'll briefly just talk about exploitation. So, just quickly, I mean, exploitation itself, um, it's a genre, obviously, films that were made uh, starting around the Australian New Wave sort of movement, but obviously, you know, with uh, sort of exploitation elements, that's where the name comes from. But um, obviously, these films were kind of started much like Canada with sort of the Canadian tax shelter. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there was sort of a, a tax sort of incentive to make films in Australia. That's kind of where this all kicked off, if I'm not mistaken. It's kind of got, got things moving with exploitation. Unless I'm unless I'm mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that w would have been the case, but I also think at the time uh, the R rating was also introduced in Australia as well. So I think that also had something to do with like oh, we could actually make these much more explicit films here in Australia. And, like, one of the earliest ones that 
Marcy and I did for the Osboy cast films like uh, Night of Fear. That was like one of the first R-rated mm. Australian films as well. And there's been a and a couple more came out after that, including the Alvin Purple films. And yeah, it, it's just interesting, like, because I think it might have been a mixture of that because you had Wake and Fright kind of just open up the doors to... Uh, actually, that's another movie I think Indicator could release yes. as a 4K release, uh, Wake and Fright. Um, Masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think it's just that kind of just opened up the door to all these different films. And and pretty much from there, like all these different genre films and edgy works just started coming out of the woodworks, while simultaneously the new wave stuff was also happening as well. It's funny when they introduce a, a rating system. It's kind of like Hong Kong Category 3 comes out, then all of a sudden all the crazy films come out because they're, the, the shackles are released and they can just mm. make what they want. So, yeah, that that's a good point, Beat. I did not think about that, the R rating. Very interesting. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and then, obviously, it was kind of around that, that time with the, the new wave too. So, yeah, kind of went hand in hand. Um, so obviously we had the 70s and the 80s, and um, I, I guess exploitation. You, you could say it went into. I guess, I mean, there, there are films today that we would consider. Would you guys consider exploitation still? Do you think the genre is still uh, alive? I like for me, I don't think that genre has actually like that type of film has actually left. Um, there are still so many films being made in Australia that fit into this exploitation like category so i i would argue wolf creek is exploitation yes. something like the loved ones is to me like an exploitation film like they don't have these massive budgets but they do show this like cooler side of australia with the darkly humorous results absolutely yeah there's yeah, I, I consider the modern exploitation films absolutely, mm. um, and and it's still you know being made today. So it's the influence is still there. Obviously, is um, what what made you guys want to start an exploitation podcast? What was the the motivation there? Because uh, you guys have been quite a journey. You've covered a lot of exploitation. There's still a lot more to go, but B, yeah, this uh, this one was your baby, so I'll yeah. let you go for this one. Well, I think it was because after when Not Quite Hollywood came out and that kind of kick-started that whole wanting to check out more Australian genre films and exploitation films. And then I think it was a couple of years ago, Marcy, because it was pre-pandemic when you and I talked about... We, we were discussing quite a number of different exploitation films and then I sort of came up with the idea of why don't we do an a podcast on exploitation cinema but what would make ours more different is we go from the very beginning and watch every single film right up until today and but not do one film each episode but five each episode because and that's there's so many of yes. them but this was all decided when we were a little bit on the wine so <laughs> take we're, that we're, as you will. <laughs> where where all of our best ideas come from, Marcy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's been quite a journey because I think we did about two years of prep before we even started doing the show. And then our first episode, even though it technically wasn't the very first Osploitation film release, but we decided to do Wake and Fright because it's 
the most well-known one. Mm-hmm. And we did the book and also the mini series version of it as well. And then since then, we've gone year by year of the show and we've covered the entire 70s and we're now just in the early part of the 80s now and and I would say Marcy like and we talked about this on the most recent recording that it's been interesting kind of going through all these films year after year in the first 11 years of exploitation and kind of seeing like what type of trends filmmakers Mm. were doing at the time or what type of films they were making and when things started to shift because we kind of talked like the orca comedy and the sex comedy were kind of big at the very beginning yeah. of the early 70s. And then it started to shift towards more horror-based mm. uh, exploitation films. So it's been interesting kind of looking into all those films. And also we kind of were like, there's so many like sex-related documentaries <laughs> related to that time. There's a lot of weird sex-related documentaries and weird sex-related movies. I mean, it was the 70s, it was just after the 60s, like that's to be expected. But just having a look, we have covered so far from 1971, 62 films, and we are only on 1982. Mm. So if wow. you thought there was like 20 exploitation films, you were sadly mistaken. And we've seen the best and the worst and everything in between. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you right now, like my bottom five films of the 70s for exploitation, um, the ABC of Love and Sex, Phantasm Comes Again, Summer <laughs> City, Phantasm and Plug. So, three, I mean, four of the five have something to do with sex, and I'd argue Summer City is a teenage coming-of-age movie that, for me, just wasn't very good. But, yeah, that's kind of where the quality was. The the sex ones were just not great. Although I would say, Marcy, like, doing this show, like, yeah, we've covered, like, all the big heavy hitters, like Patrick, Snapshot of that, and mm. long weekend, but we've discovered quite a number of forgotten or undiscovered gems as well. I think, look, episode two, we had the set, which literally nobody uh, had heard about for so long until um, Bounty found it. And that was a very eye opening and um, such a, a progressive film, especially for 1970. And, um, yeah, like, uh, written in part by Roger Ward based on his experiences in that scene. So that's, like, a very interesting and underrated one. Mm. And also, like, seeing we've discovered, like, so many different filmmakers and actors who just keep popping up, (laughs) sometimes multiple times in uh, the show, but also people who we've become fans of. Like, uh, I've become a few, huge fan throughout through the course of this show of uh, Grant Page, stuntman extraordinaire. Mm. And, uh, like, he's done some truly amazing stunts behind the scenes, but he has l- led a couple of films like Death Cheaters and Stunt Rock, and he's such a charismatic actor in both of those. And I think you and I said, Marcy, like, we kind of wish he did more, like, lead roles because he was great in those films. Yeah, he was so good. And I, I also, like, um, 
Death Cheaters and Stunt Rocker ones I would highly recommend. They're very, very fun. And, yeah, you get Grant Page acting as well as, you know, being the stunt guy. So it's pretty cool. Hmm. I think also, like, uh, another one that you and I really loved as well, we, we, I would like to see a good release of this, was um, the FJ Holden. Yeah, that was uh, another interesting one, another, uh, like, coming-of-age type of movie. Uh, that was the, I think it was the, the debut uh, performance from Sigrun, Sig, oh my God, I can't say anything, Sigrun Thornton. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a very... Yeah, it was a very interesting uh, coming-of-age film. But, again, there's so many. A lot of people probably haven't heard of some of these. I hadn't heard of a lot of these until we did the podcast. But there are so many to check out. And, of course, you can listen back to our podcast and hear our thoughts on at least everything from the 70s uh, up until 1982 at at this point. (laughs) And also, like, uh, two of the three hosts on this show have uh, appeared on on an episode, Marcy. Yes, that is true. We just need uh, Kendall to jump on one day. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. let's go. <laughs> you got to do the five movie prep. Send me the links. <laughs> be, prepared, be prepared though, Ryan, because I just did the last episode with them, and believe me, some of them can be a bit of a chore, and Marcy can attest to that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> The, the ones, the a weird we, range we had with you, Tony. <laughs> you certainly did. Um, Pacific Banana, that was fascinating. Ah, Pacific Banana, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then, um, and then, of course, Mad Max, <laughs> The Road Warrior, and um, The Survivor. And then we did probably our favourite movie, Marcy, um, Lady Stay Dead. Lady Stay God. Dead. May that never see a 4K release. That film was one of the worst <laughs> I've ever seen, i got to say. And the last one was Crosstalk. And that's Bede's favourite film. No words you hate. <laughs> Bede loved it, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I absolutely loved to hate it. <laughs> but, um, speaking of The Survivor, that would look absolutely glorious on oh, 4k absolutely. so that that's another one for sure that's one. yeah uh john what were your five that you did on the um osboy cast uh, yeah i'm looking now yeah so these are actually some pretty good films so journey among women which is a really Ooh, good that's beautiful. one i'd love to see get a release uh, but i was mm. quite film summer city raw deal patrick we did cover and the scalp mm. so yeah, we had some pretty good ones. Uh, but Raw Deal surprised me that the Oz West, I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, like, like, like yeah. real. So that that was one that stood out to me. But, um, but yeah, it was a good, it was a good journey among women and Raw Deal kind of stood out. So, and, and the Scout Merchant was quite good from memory. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was the one we did. So you can go back and listen to that on the, on the show. And I, I will say, though, as much as I, some of these have been, you know, released on DVD or Blu-ray, but some of these are basically like you have to scour uh, the internet to find that. I'm just going to say, but thank God for Internet Archive, because we wouldn't have a podcast if we did discover most of the films on there, which is at the same, as great as that is, because it's easy to find them accessible. But at the same time, though, like a lot of the films have not even made to jump to even 
DVD, like you say, Marcy, Touch and Go. That's just, mm. if you look for that movie, it's basically just a TV rip of yeah. the of the film. And there's even another copy that even has the ads that were played during <laughs> it. <laughs> um, I think I think this came up um during our discussion with Tony on I think it was Crosstalk. Like that remained yeah, it was, un- yeah. unreleased yeah, for like right. 34 years or something. Yeah. Like it's not a great movie by any means, but you know, you need to see the shit with the good or you know, but it's oh. shocking that that just hadn't been released. It was like hidden away for some reason. Um, not just that. What about Lady Stay Dead? Wouldn't even get a theatrical release. And also, yeah, has even been released. On yeah, I, I, I've seen that. It's I think Code Red or someone released it years ago on DVD. Oh, wow. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have the Code Red. I think they actually. Yeah, I think oh. they also released it on Blu-ray at some point I think too. Have a Blu-ray then maybe, but yeah, it's. Do a, you have the Blu-ray of Lady Stay Dead, John? Yeah, I think Code Red. <laughs> uh, I say movie stay dead. <laughs> I have had no desire to go back and watch it. So, uh, it, um, isn't he like a stalker plumber or something? Like, yeah. is that memory? Is that the one? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the, the, the bad, um, the Gunner. Sorry. So that's you know not the Peter Weir film, but the the, the shittier version. So no, he's just a weird, creepy, masturbating weird, plumber. Plumber. Literally <laughs> masturbating but in not... the sand, plumber. Oh, is but not a gunman, Marcy. Not a masturbating gunman. Let's just say. No, no. He had his binoculars. <laughs> Speaking of cosplay. <laughs> uh, but no, Crane Cross. Which we will we'll have to do for the show. You will, yeah. That's a two thousand one that's coming up. I'm sure. Um, when you get to it. Uh. Uh, but, but even like I said, even like Crosstalk, even if it's it's just interesting, like there's still like I've seen Crosstalk because I think Umbrella gave it a DVD, but it's just more like it, mm. it, it's it's just interesting, like sci-fi kind of bizarre sci-fi film. Um, but yeah, they're you know, so yeah, they deserve to be seen, even um, even rescued. So except for Lady Stay Dead, mm. but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's um, and. Uh, Kendall, is there anything, anything you have sound or exploitation? I know that you're a, you're a fan. Yes, sorry. Yes, I am a fan of the exploitations. Um, I, I guess it was the documentary, like everyone else, that got in, got me uh, deep into it. Um, I can't remember if I was watching anything beforehand. I mean, I probably saw bloody like Mad Max, one, two, and three before I saw the documentary, like, you know, half the people in the world. Yeah, I think I think that was quite key. Um, I presume everyone here saw that doco when it comes. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, seen it several yep. times, yeah. Mm. And, and even, like, the interviews are still being used on extras, all the outtakes, they're mm. still extras. Because um, I think that was the point where, like, for me too, like, kind of went, oh, this is like a, a genre, and it was quite quite interesting. But, yeah, sorry to cut you off, Kendall, but, yeah. No, 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 it's all good, man. No, it's all good. Actually, it was funny because um, I've seen the movie, like, several times. Um, And once when I was at – um, funny, once when I was at film school, they actually got – Mark Hartley came in and, like, they were playing – um, they played the documentary, and it was funny because, like, they had to, like, kind of give a warning. It's like, oh, just so you know, there's going to be some, like, nudity and stuff at the start. <laughs> so they had to give, like, a little fucking trigger warning for people. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> 
and then um the the teachers were like watching and all that and they were enjoying it and they were kind of like we watched it it was like 2018 or something i think 2019 and they were basically saying the teachers were basically saying it's like it's kind of funny watching this now because like half of these people are dead but um it's a <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like oh yeah shit true <laughs> well it's, it's kind of lucky it's kind of gold those interviews is mm. able to get, get most of them before they passed on yeah probably. yeah exactly and there'd be like like honestly there's be a shit ton like more because with documentaries you just film so much you film like bloody a whole like day's worth of footage with that one person you see like you know five minutes on the screen so there's so much more yeah there, there is yeah and same with that a good friend mike malloy that came on he did a eurocrime documentary and uh similar to Ausploitation, mm. just on eurocrime yeah pretty much everyone's dead from that that documentary like they're ah. all because they were in their 80s most of these people and he interviewed them and you know this mm. was 50 years ago so but it's really good to capture these stories and i think that's what the doco does mm. really captures the the story and and you got interviews from memory like tarantino and a whole bunch of filmmakers that love the genre a lot yeah i think it was funny um he said he had only had like two or three hours of tarantino so they just like quickly set up so yeah <laughs> there's a full like three hour interview two hour interview of tarantino talking about exploitation out there somewhere <laughs> it's gold uh but i know tarantino loves brian trenchard smith obviously that's another big mm. figure um like you guys mentioned earlier bean marcy um you know his films pop up a bit i mean i guess that's the big ones that People who not, aren't even into exploitation, they may know of those films that he's done. So some of the, the big ones, so yeah, yeah, the turkey shoot, whatnot. BMX Bandits, yeah, Brian. Gone off to do Demon, Night of the Demons 2 as well. Went off to Hollywood. And Leprechaun 3. Leprechaun 3. Leprechaun <laughs> yes. Yeah. He didn't do In the Hood, I don't think, no. Yeah. Now basically lives on a farm or something. He's got some animals. Yeah. Yes, now uh, Simondo, our good friend Simondo, mm. went to his house and he cooked him a dinner. Yeah, him and- yeah, they were shooting him. My friends, they were shooting a film up in America, and they were just, you know, fr- friends of Brian and chatting to him, and like Brian just like put him up in their house for a few. I can't remember how it was a few nights or something, but yeah, he's cooking them dinner and whatnot. So he's so a that- real, real gentleman, from what I've heard, Brian mm. Trenchard. For sure. And he's, he's quite interactive. On, he's on Facebook too. You know, if you send him a request, he'll you know, most likely add you. And mm. quite so, yeah. Um, yeah, he will. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like um, Paul Schrader. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Schrader's fun on Facebook. Sorry to cut you off, but. <laughs> he is. I love reading Paul Schrader's uh, posts. But anyway. <laughs> uh Tony, uh, any thoughts on exploitation? I know that you're a big fan yourself. Uh, you, there's so many, but there's so many, like I said, we still haven't been released. So uh, any thoughts on exploitation? I know that it's uh, something you're a big fan of. Well, like everybody, I grew to be kind of obsessive of exploitation ever since Not Quite Hollywood came out. And I, well, I just love the... Um, Probably this may sound bad, but I mean this in the good way. I don't mean to say I don't mean this I don't mean it in a negative way whatsoever. The cheapness of the movies of the seventies, exploitation films, 
they were they're they're great. They're they the the cheaper the better. They just they, they, there's something about it. They have, there is a certain charm to those films mm. that just makes you love them, even though they're trash or some crawls or just out or quite outrageous. There were there's some really there's some real great movies in there. Like for instance, oh, as I mentioned before, Stone is my all-time favorite exploitation film. I adore that one. And then, of course, John Lamont movies like um, Felicity. A lot of people hated Felicity. I get why, but I'm one of the fans. I absolutely adored Felicity. And as well as, um, oh, there's just so many. Of course, Brian Trenchard Smith, he was definitely the king of exploitation back Mm. in the 70s, definitely with um, Man from Hong Kong, Death Cheaters, and um, Stunt Rock. And there's just so many. But yeah, like for me, the main directors, the, the main producer of Osploitation was Anthony Ghanaian, of course, as we mentioned in this show. And then, um, and then of course, Brian Trenchard-Smith and Richard Franklin. He's, Road Games is probably one of the best, but we can't forget another Osploitation film that was released by Indicator in a glorious set of Mad Dog Morgan. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That, that movie is absolutely beautiful. And the indicated release of that is just phenomenal. Yeah. That's a must-watch film. Like, it's not the best film ever made. And I always say this about just about everything. But it's worth watching. And it's so bizarre to see Dennis Hopper doing this, whatever the fuck he's doing, <laughs> in Australia. And it it's a fever dream, but in a good way. Like, that is a quintessential like viewing it is i had i had the absolute pleasure of watching it in star city casino in sydney with um tarantino actually hosting um an exploitation double feature and um he hosted two movies that of course there are masterpieces well i don't know if i would consider this one an exploitation but he obviously does um the chant of jimmy blacksmith and um, he had um, Fred Skepsy, the director, and Thomas Keneally, the writer, on stage, did a Q&A with them. And it was, that, was, that was just a great conversation. And then after the channel Jimmy Blacksmith was Mad Dog Morgan. So we need a little bit of, we need a little bit of crazy laughter after a little bit of harsh mm. um, Aboriginal racism. So, yeah, that was a great double night, double feature for sure. But yeah, the, the Mad Dog Morgan is hands out one of the greatest exploitation examples mm. to, for anyone to see. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can get it. Definitely oh, definitely. pick it up. Yeah. And uh, it has, it's got everything. And, and I think just accurate to time with the the, 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 the colonial, with, you know, yes. a mix of Irish, you know, Scottish, like a whole bunch of migrants that came over. So it's it's more accurate in terms of the historical side. So, um, but yeah, it, it's a really weird film and, and violent, gory, but yeah, I love it. And Hopper's performance is probably one of his best. So it's, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, it, it's, it's one of those performances where the accent is terrible, but the performance is still amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, I think I don't know it. what type of Irish accent was that, but. What <laughs> <laughs> I think Kendall didn't you say he was like I think you or someone mentioned that he was like pretty drunk on the set. I think he was pretty. pretty oh, yeah, this, this was like pre Hopper alcoholic. He was like a, just a bottle of fucking whiskey walking around, mm. man. <laughs> and then 
But bless his so- cotton socks. I love Dennis. <laughs> yeah. Dennis and, is fantastic. But, but it's interesting. And the other thing I was going to mention, some of the, um, yeah, obviously 80s ones, when you get into them, some of them, they try and even disguise that it's kind of like not Australia. Like, it's kind of like, where is the set? Like, mm. it's meant to, like, they even get American actors in some of the later ones because obviously they're more targeting a US audience later mm. on. Mm. Uh, so you see a change in the 80s, especially with the slasher genre. So, um, you know, there, there are many films like that that you wouldn't be like, where, where is the set? And especially with the dubbing, it adds the confusion. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. And look, it kept going strong into the 90s and, like I said, 2000s. Like, in the 90s, you know, there were not too many, but they were it was still alive, um, I guess, first yeah, half. Yeah, the, the, the 90s, uh, compared to, say, like, the 80s, um, and if we use an example, like... Um, so for the rest of like 2024, I by the time we get to like December, we're still we're just gonna be going to the 90s. So there's a lot in the 80s. Yeah. But the 90s, there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. That's two episodes will be done with the 90s. And it's not until we get to 2000s cut that we started to see more of the rise of these uh, lower budget, uh, more horror type films, because then obviously we'd get um, things like Undead, um, Wolf yep. Creek, uh, Rogue, uh, those kinds of ones in that 2000s period. So yeah, the 2000s was the major pickup in the 90s. And I think the oh. 90s were kind of synonymous with, uh, you know, the sort of horror being on its way out but then picking back up again but i do love 90s horror regardless but anyway say <laughs> it's interesting I, I was thinking about that when i saw how small it was the list um i guess and i think australia was going through i wouldn't say maybe a second new wave you had like you know muriel's wedding and mm. strictly and these films that were getting mm. more international acclaim maybe they were trying to put the exploitation in the background a bit like no no australia can make proper films like proper you know mm. critically I'm not sure if that's a factor, just a theory, but Australia had a bit of a 90s boom with films, you know, Priscilla mm. Queen. So, yeah, I think, yeah, no, sorry, John, keep going. No, no, I was just saying maybe that was a factor. Sorry, Kendall. No, 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 I think you, you're like right because I, I feel like all the directors too from the 70s and 80s went over and did like American films and whatnot. Mm. And then like that horror aspect sort of died, and that's why you got all the. I guess rom-coms, comedies, some action films of the 90s. And then in the early 2000s, are all the people that watched the films from the 70s and 80s are going, fuck you, I want to do that. And that's probably why it boomed up again. Yeah, came back in the, the 2000s. Mm. But look, there is some bangers in the 90s, like um, Body Melt's a big one. Uh, mm. <laughs> big fan mm. of that one. Um, oh, good old Body Melt, yeah. Body Melt. Bloodlust, which is like a shot on video vampire movie. It's quite fun, very gory. Um, but yeah, there's there's a few interesting ones, and I'm sure you guys will cover it in two episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much going to be like, yeah, two episodes or maybe a bit of like overflow, so maybe three episodes. <laughs> but yeah, that'll be in a year's time, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's such an expensive, like I said, we could spend all night talking about it. It's such a... Yeah. Mm huge genre so many different films and i guess you know indicator you know john and sam if you're listening we have two experts right here uh beat in 
Marcy, who kind of uh, knows the genre inside out. So if you want any recommendations, I, I'm sure you guys would be keen recommending a few. I think we've already listed off a few, but can probably put a list yeah. together. It, if you need people for audio commentary, let us know. <laughs> if you want a nice um like video essay, I'd be more than happy to do that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you heard it first, so absolutely. Uh, and and like I said, in terms of you know curating titles, I think you guys would be the the go-to experts as well, definitely because of uh, you know, the amount you've seen. Um, yeah, that, like, that that's why uh, for, for we're gonna organize a film festival and it's gonna be a marathon on Phantasm one and two plug and uh, <laughs> right. No one, no one's gonna attend that festival, <laughs> especially not me. <laughs> I kid, I kid. But anyway, sorry about that, John. <laughs> no, no. As Senor Burns, his directorial film will be there. So, be, uh... <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, and man being hit by a football in the groin. That, that's the best exploitation movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, um, yeah, like I said, there's so much we talk about. Um, I think we've listed off some pretty good ones that people can go out and check out. And um, and when we interviewed John and Sam from Indicator, they did say hinted that there's more Aussie stuff in the pipeline. So hopefully some of these more neglected gems can get the big mm. treat. Like I said, John and Sam, if you feel free to reach out and uh, we can definitely recommend a few Aussie titles that, um, that we think would be good, good hits for the, mm. for the genre. Um, cool. I guess, I guess that's it. Look, um, is there anything else, any other final thoughts? Uh, I think we've covered a fair bit. Uh, anything? We all good? We're all good. I'm all good. Yes. I know you want your supper, Kendall. <laughs> I feel like bloody, what's his name? Charlie. Fucking, ah, that poor kid that wants more porridge. What's his name? Uh, Oliver. Oliver. Oliver Twist. Oliver, that's the guy. <laughs> Charlie. Charlie, <laughs> that's the author. <laughs> oh. See, that's how hungry I am. No. <laughs> uh well, we'll let you get to your dinner, Kendall. Um, no, thank you guys for joining. And once again, a pleasure, Bede and Marcy. Thank you for joining. Re- um, really appreciate it. I mean, uh, we were thinking about exploitation. We thought, who's the go-to, uh, obviously, people? And you guys dedicate a podcast. So where can listeners find your podcasts and obviously the Ozploit cast? Uh, yeah, you can find us at the Super Network, which can be found at supermarcy.com and yeah if you look up the Osploit cast uh, it's on all the uh, major podcast platforms so we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of those and if you google it we should be one of the top results hopefully but all the info is on uh, supermarcy.com and uh, yeah you can find the super network on all the main socials and as well as me under super marcy or super underscore marcy on letterboxd and i have uh, a couple of ozploitation related lists on there that you can check out including all the movies we've covered for the show excellent excellent and, and uh and b find you on the internet well people would have fought well if the people would have fight but they can find me under b Javina at both uh, Twitter and Blue Sky, and as well uh, as Letterboxd. 
And of course, you can find all my work over at supermarcy.com and all the co- podcasts that Marcy and I co-host together. And also you can listen to my solo show, Bead vs. the Living Dead, on all podcast l- streamers everywhere. And as well as its uh, spin-off show, uh, Bead and Steve vs. Cam Crystal Lake, which is also on the same uh, Bead vs. the Living Dead podcast feed. Yes, the uh, Living Dead one, pretty amazing. <laughs> pretty much every incarnation of it, which uh, mm-hmm. Tony and I were on an episode of the 30th anniversary. So I'll uh, put a put a link to that in the show as well. Want to have a listen? Definitely. Um, yes, yes. Uh, awesome. And uh, Kendall, where can people find you as always? Out and about. Oh, out and about. Where am I? Um. For Letterbox, I am from Beyond ninety one, nineteen ninety one. On my YouTube, from Beyond ninety one is my Letterbox. My YouTube, I actually changed my YouTube name. It's great. It's not like fucking Ryan Kendall three one seven eight two. It's I changed it to <laughs> I changed it to Ryan the Heathen. I just kept full stop. Um, I might change it again. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> next time we'll do this, I might have something different. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, uh, the, inst- the grams, uh, from beyond, from beyond 1991. And I guess that's about it. Um, I'm always there. Happy to chat. Excellent. And, uh, Tony, where can we find you as always? Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd, um, and Instagram on, uh, as under film 79 and as well as the imprint film blu-ray collections fan group and the imprint cast facebook pages and you can also listen to the imprint cast podcast that john and i host together and um of course john thank you so much and thank you for asking all of us to come on to this special exploitation episode yeah no well thank thank kendall he kind of got it got the idea and uh, yes kendall absolutely that's all good thanks for coming uh beat and marcy pleasure thank definitely. you definitely well thank thank you for inviting us of course thank you for coming on such short notice as well so yeah we really appreciate it and discussing all things osploitation so uh you find me um yeah on letterbox john matthews just my name with one t and uh same as facebook you can just add me and uh, if you like movies more than happy to chat so um yeah no thanks everyone for listening and uh yeah it's been a great episode and uh we will see you all very soon See you then. Bye. Bye.